Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Expressed Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Marhefka, and I am excited to bring you the following conversations with some of the most interesting people I have ever met. When I set out to start recording the Fully Expressed Podcast, my intention was not to be the biggest, the most listened to, the most profitable podcast, but my intention was to be the most vulnerable podcast. And so as I interview our guests, my desire is to bring up stories and share experiences that they haven't shared before or they don't share regularly, to let us into their world even deeper so that we may learn and grow from their stories. And so far, we've certainly done that. Please check out all the episodes we've recorded on Spotify, iTunes, and all the other platforms. And if you love this show, please leave us a review, let me know, and also share this with a friend who you think might enjoy it. Lastly, if you want to support this show, please go over to trainingcampforthesoul.com. Training Camp for the Soul is my company where we do emotional healing, inner child work, and we teach people how to truly transform their lives. This show is completely funded by Training Camp for the Soul, so if you want to support me in the show, please go check out everything we have to offer over there. If you want to see the show notes and anything more about this podcast, go to chrismarhefka.com slash fully expressed. And then lastly, go over and follow me on the Instagram at chrismarhefka, where I share my own personal stories vulnerably, openly, and honestly. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fully Expressed Podcast. I'm here with my new friend, Michelle Coutinho. Michelle is a coach and a healer, and we got on the phone just yesterday to have an intro conversation and just felt very aligned to be recording today. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Mm. Michelle, one of my intentions I told you yesterday with this podcast was to bring some of the esoteric and non-traditional conversations into more of a quote-unquote normal realm. And one of the things I love to do is I love to explore the fringes Mm. and help people who have never explored those fringes make some sense of them. So I'm excited for our conversation today. And let's start off a little bit by what brings you to this podcast, to us connecting and why are we here? Well, the title of your podcast is Fully Expressed. Mm -hmm. And that was a turn on in the sense of, oh, that's exactly what I do as a vocal empowerment coach is I want people to fully express who they are, but their potential when we're talking about normal versus. Mm -hmm. I use it all the time, but I hate that word normal. There's no such thing. And there's the boxes that we fit ourselves in. And there is a mainstream consciousness. Mm. And I don't believe that every soul on the planet, I think that some people are meant to be a part of the collective and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think where we run into trouble is when those of us who are multidimensional feel Mm. like we need to conform and therefore shrink ourselves or beat ourselves up for feeling this pull towards the mystical and in nowadays, we don't have teachers, way showers or guides. So if I could title myself as a way shower, but that's so old fashioned, nobody would care. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's coming, coming it's back, back up. It's can, getting we'll bring it again. back yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. But yeah, we need that initiation into the unseen realms. Mm-hmm. And we were joking yesterday about how you actually look normal. And then I made this thing about like, <laughs> I've never looked normal. and I've never yeah. felt normal. And I've yeah. never had the experience from the outer world, the, the confirmation, the messages we get from the outer world, mm-hmm. for me, we're always, you are not like us, you are not normal. Mm-hmm. And so that's my wound and my yeah. wisdom at the same time. And so now the bridge workers, those who, one of my clients was a nurse for 30 years. And then now she was like, but I need to like listen to my intuitive gifts more. And so And I'm like, come over here, play. (laughs) I've been over Uh here the whole time and I can't go anywhere else, apparently. I mean, which is not true. I have an academic career as a teacher, but still, even though I was made fun of in that genre, the bell would go off on my, you know, when you forget to 
set your phone to silent mm-hmm. and then some weird alarm goes off on your phone but it's the music that you listen to yeah. when I was at work so <laughs> I was a college professor at Full Sail University in 2013 or 14 and the song that came on was like and the guy who is like my manager literally put his finger and his thumb together and went oh <laughs> like at the, it was like a meeting yeah and i was like so embarrassed and that's I, pretty witty though like yeah it's a pretty cool manager yeah it was so true though so anyway hence to say i've never felt I was normal. I mean, even in when I was in normal environments, yeah. when I worked in corporate as a designer or did things mm-hmm. that were like in the world, it, I like stuck out like a sore thumb because really? I was meant to be a spiritual teacher. But yeah. I think we just go on the path that we go on. Yeah. And in a way, I mean, I think we all have to find the boundaries by going to them. So you had to go into some of those normal worlds to realize what worked and what didn't work for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I love giving myself forgiveness and permission for is finding the boundaries, finding the edges, going to them so that I can know what best suits me. So Mm -hmm. I feel that in my heart, people don't drop in with that enough in Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. because you can go up to the edge and be like, Oh, why didn't I make it across? Mm -hmm. Which with the fully expressed people who are like, I'm trying to express myself fully. It's not working. It's sometimes it's a journey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think about it. I mean, you've experienced the sensation of just the waves of expansion and Mm. contraction. And it just feels like growth happens like that. And just this gradual, and you guys can't see unless you're watching the video, my hands. But it's like this in and out. And you can slowly be expanding or you can slowly be contracting. And I think of growth Mm. as just this out and then maybe back in and a little out and back in a little bit. It's so true. Yeah. Because we were joking about this too. I was a quote unquote normal human for a while and didn't know anything different until a few years ago. When did you feel different? When did you get in tune with your gifts, your energetic gifts? Well, it's going to sound kind of silly, but there was a dream I had when I was seven. That was this really mystical experience where like the sea turned to color. And when I was nine, I was writing poems about reincarnation, melodramatic, almost nihilistic bohemian poetry from Mm -hmm. a nine-year-old. This life... (laughs) I have been here before, you know, like here I go again, playing out an incarnation. I didn't use the word incarnation, but playing out something. And my mom was just like, oh my God, this kid. But my mom. Did she support it? Yeah, my mom. So let me tell you about that. My mom is, she's very practical. She's got a Sag moon. I'm out there for her in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. Like if I talk about entities, she rolls her eyes completely. (laughs) She's like, that's too far from me, Michelle. We have like Yankees. She was born in Boston and all that stuff. (laughs) And a big thing between her and my dad was my dad's like anti-witch gypsy, which is hysterical Mm because that's what my mom is. Mm. But she also was a woman who she didn't have the right support to actually own her gifts. Mm -hmm. So again, the deepest wound is the thing that we teach or the thing that the kid comes in to teach, right? That's like a whole transmission. But when I was very young, she had her girlfriend, Kova, red, bright red hair. They had the medicine cards, which is this deck from the 1970s. And I remember the first card I pulled. I'm like, I got to be five years old at this time because we left when I was six. So it's like then. And I pulled the Lynx and mm. I remember, and it's like with one of the most mystical cards in that deck because it's like secrets is mm. what, and it's Link knows without speaking. And it was so cool. I really, it just moved me even when I was a baby, when I was super young. And my mom had Kova, this woman, read my astrology on a tape and read it to me. And I was listening to it. So I was indoctrinated wow. into the new age in my mom's books. I'm about to go back to Fort Lauderdale and, and tomorrow. <laughs> And I'll always go to her bookshelf and different books will pop out of me. And mm-hmm. she's has the Course in Miracles from the 1970s and all these, whatever she got, and mm-hmm. Goddess Woman or something by Deepak Chopra. And like, so I'll always go there. So it was very early on that I was brought into the mystical, but not with a, I don't know how to say it. It's like it was always there, but it wasn't, not in the space where I'm embodying it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I imagine as a child growing up, I mean, Without the solid foundation that maybe you have today as an adult, I can imagine it being very challenging to embody that. No, no, my mother not embodying it. So my mother and my father, he's like a patriarchal authoritarian personality type who used 
the Jewish religion to create a dynamic in the world that is unhealthy and has completely to do with his own karma. Mm -hmm. His Ramdas would call it the people who are dogmatic like that have a very shaky faith Mm. and they're very afraid in the core of their being. And I believe that any male who's domineering to women is deeply afraid of the dark feminine because they can be engulfed. Yeah. And I mean, we all, I mean, sometimes I go to a medicine ceremony Mm -hmm. and I'm scared of that too. So (laughs) (laughs) they're not, they're not, not afraid for a reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel that my mother, Mm -hmm. a fiery woman that she is and myself, that there were both archetypes of that dark feminine. Mm -hmm. So ironically, as karma goes, so her embodiment, her knowing of it, and her attunement to it, but then the actual application of expressing that in the world and being a woman and her gifts and mm-hmm. her truth has, had, didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been a journey for me in my life mm-hmm. from the not fitting into the narrative mm-hmm. to become a woman who claims her power and then also gets to be of service mm-hmm. with her gifts. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole vocal empowerment. Now I get to be a steward for other women mm-hmm. to explore the unseen realms within themselves and to trust the unseen in themselves. And if they have had religious oppression, which happens a lot, or through past lives they've experienced it, or usually someone in the lineage, like a woman who had the witch wound that I've worked with, she was Mexican and she was like, oh my God, my uncle, terrified of somebody who wasn't even her direct ancestor, but to the side, that vortex of energy still prohibited her from singing Mm. or working with herbs. And then we did that. And she got to own that piece of herself that had been calling her soul, wanted to work with the herbs, wanted to work with the medicine, but she was afraid. Mm. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) How common is that? Would you say is the witch wound and the fear of going into that side? I don't know because I'm in that world. So for me, I would be biased in the Mm -hmm. sense of it's everywhere with me because that's like, what my work is mm-hmm. so the people who are surrounding me but i don't know if people who come in with i don't know entitled's not the right word but where the narrative of the dominant culture serves them mm-hmm. and everybody's a yes to them i don't yeah. know if they have that in the same way yeah so in my realm it's a lot yeah but i don't know the other realms mm. i get so curious about that because i lived 32 years of my life not identifying with God or spirituality at all. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was raised in organized religion and swung to the other side of resenting it and rejecting it. Okay. And Fair enough. even when participating in it, it seemed just fake and phony and no one really, I mean, you know how intuitive kids are. It's like, you just feel this isn't what they're saying it is. I wouldn't pray. I went to Jewish private school and I used to skip the prayer when I was in fourth grade. Mm. And then I went into the bathroom and all the high school girls are like smoking in the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like a little rebel. So yeah, there is that too. A hundred percent. You can feel it. Catholic private school over here. Oh really? Yeah. For how many years? <laughs> Most of my life, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I was kind of in and out, in and out. I went to some public schools, but all of high school and some elementary. It makes you smart private school in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I feel the curriculum is bad. I mean, from God, from my, I went to public school <laughs> yeah. for like the rest of it. Yeah. And the curriculum, the whole thing, the whole thing was such a scene. Yeah. I feel like the public school years, especially when I was in middle school, I went to a public school in the inner city in West Palm Beach, actually. Oh, that's right. We're from the same we're place. We're same place. Yeah, yeah. I took the train up there every day and it was a magnet program. I so. did that. Did you do? Really? Uh-huh. And It was pretty gangster. And it, it was, was gangster. It fierce. Yeah, it was yeah. fierce. And I think that that taught me a lot about the world. Totally. And then private school, quite a bit more sheltered than that. But yeah, maybe on the educational side a little bit better, but <laughs> just yeah, a, little. a little, a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it's, a, I had both of those things too. I went from the second largest Jewish private school in North Miami mm-hmm. to a magnet program that was like a chain of events, four year, fifth grade till eighth grade magnet programs, mm. all different schools, Yeah. Okay. but the same kind of, because they were trying to merge yeah. the more poverty mm-hmm. with the yes. kids from different places yeah. And it just made all of us more hardcore. 
Yeah. 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 I don't know about you, but the majority was hardcore there. It wasn't, it wasn't an even mix. It was hardcore. Yeah. I felt that. It made me a little gangster too. (laughs) Because the years too in the 90s and stuff like that, it uh just sounds like, and South Florida has it just, it's just wild. It's wonderful. Yeah. 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 Got a little bit of trouble those days. Totes. Yeah. Yeah. Made it out. Got suspended for fighting a boy. My mom got so mad. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> Fierce feminine in yeah. action, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just got a little bit of my uh, future father uh, prediction or like whatever uh, prediction like come out there. I was like, yeah, good job. <laughs> good. That's nice. That would have nice. My, my mom was so mad at me. Yeah. It's like you could have gotten hurt in so many yeah, ways. Also true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like another one of those. And this may be just my own bias but it's another way of finding those edges it's like we get yeah. a little hurt scrapes and bruises are what keep us from broken bones and death because we start to learn the edges but when you don't ever explore those kid who grows up not riding a bike not playing outside i imagine gets into a lot more trouble when they have access to everything and they mm. don't quite know limits of this physical world in their own body and I actually noticed that I just got back from snowboarding up in Colorado and I actually had a lot of fear of doing it. I've skied my whole life, but I never snowboard. And all these people, I'd heard so many stories. Every person that learned snowboarding as an adult always got hurt, broke a risk or whatever. What I realized though is in checking back in with who those people were, they weren't playing Mm -hmm. sports. They weren't doing those things. They weren't pushing the edges. And I was like, okay, I trust my body. I know how hard to go, when, when not to, and I was mm. fine. That's was fine. very beautiful that you do that because I was at my girlfriend's house last night talking about how in those kind of more rugged environments, I wouldn't go scooter down the street. Like I watch those people mm. on the scooters in yeah. the city here yeah. in Austin and I would bust my ass if I tried mm-hmm. that because my coordination skills are like, <laughs> the little, you know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. I, know, I know where I'm tough though, the same right. thing, like that whole... I haven't thought of that in how many years, mm-hmm. that memory of mm-hmm. when I fought that boy and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, that's so funny because I talk a lot about warrior and Kali and all these mm-hmm. things. And I'm like, yep, that was there when I was 11. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting because all of us, we were talking a little bit about this today or yesterday. We all grow up and learn different skills, learn different practices, live in different worlds. And I love that they get to all be gifts. Like what we were talking about yesterday is your gift is that you've lived in this realm your whole life and very embodied in it and can go deep into it, I'm sure. And on my side, again, fairly normal looking dude. The hair's growing out, so I'm getting less normal looking. Good for you. Thank you. But I find that it can be somewhat more relatable. I feel like a bridge sometimes between my old life and my new life. And it's almost like I'm ushering people across in a safe and confident way. Mm-hmm. So there's just a reflection on no matter what we have, we all have gifts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like on the other, the word hag, which is now demonized as you're ugly, you're old, mm-hmm. you're witch, et cetera. What that original word meant was a hedge. And the hedge, actually, it's kind of behind us. Mm-hmm. So we have like this greenery. The hedge was the barrier the gateway between the society and the wild Mm. and so when you were a hag you were a bridge walker you were the one who could have a foot or an on either edge yeah and i feel like that's me yeah (laughs) i can can feel that i can see that yeah bridge walker and oh and that prone energy of you know oh and to be able to speak to both i got feedback from a class i taught cute Instagram feedback when your students do that where they, she wrote what did she say she said Michelle Michelle is the most grounded priestess in all of the land <laughs> <laughs> all of the land yeah. and I was like oh that's so moving but yeah. I think that's what we're talking about yeah and that for a long time so I was I'm like whispering now I'm like oh I'm gonna tell you secrets secrets multi-dimensional consciousness intergalactic and syrian energies and pleiadians do you know about all have you heard about all yes okay just, <laughs> yeah. did you know that those existed yeah. okay just checking just checking okay. yeah so that came into my life around 2012 2013 and all those things yeah. and light language mm-hmm. it was very very sacred to me mm-hmm. 
the attunement. Mm-hmm. And so I just recently started outwardly expressing just in like the last year mm-hmm. to sing the shamanic songs that mm-hmm. I would channel transmute that I would give to my clients or mm-hmm. do in healing mm-hmm. sessions that were very ritualistic that very much feel channeled to that frequency. Now I'm doing it more publicly, but I think part of the reason why I didn't want to do that before was because it's like levels of woo. And there was a part of me that was, I could very easily be a channeler and there's no, I love channelers. I watch them. The Harris is dope and there's nothing wrong with that, but there's to be a grid worker or a bridge walker or to hold a certain space of, my academic background or whatever that is to hold a certain weight of gravity you have to navigate that Mm -hmm. with distinction and discernment otherwise but i do i'm having i mean again i feel like i'm telling secrets (laughs) but i know when i'm doing attunements now with my clients just recently in the last two months since i moved to austin Mm. there's whale i'm hearing whale energy through my overtones and the voice and I can feel them. And it happened the first time on insight timer because I do weekly sound healing meditation attunement, vocal alchemy. I call it vocal alchemy for chakra clearing. And I started toning and, and there was like this, I could feel and I said, thank you to the whales as they're coming in. And I know the work of Tom Kenyon and he has that. And it just, uh, it's just amazing. It's just amazing to see what moves through us. Yeah. When we're open to it Mm -hmm. and don't immediately shut it down and reject it. Yeah, that's really important. Well, that, yeah, that's a part of the journey when you're like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. We'll see. I mean, there's always levels, but I hope that I'm in alignment with allowing it to keep coming through. Mm, Yes. I do want to get into the singing and the, what makes that medicine special. Mm. I had an experience that I just came to me. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was in a cactus traditional fire ceremony and started playing the drums and mm. throat singing and oh, yeah, yeah, singing a lot of the Icaros and I got like full body chills when they would come on. I would just know them. And the woman sitting next to me, she's like, oh, how many of these have you been to? I'm like, this is my first one of this tradition. And I've never heard these before in this body. And for multiple songs, knew every word, every melody, every chant. It was like, okay, I was like, there's something here. And Native American energy has been present to me more and more recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. could go on and on about that. So this was traditional. Was it a certain tribe or was it? Wiraki. Or oh, something? wow. Yeah, okay, Wiraki, interesting. Yeah. I don't, mm-hmm. I've never heard of mm-hmm. such, but mm-hmm. I think that's even more remarkable. Mm. And I have deep spiritual lineage with that. It's so sacred. I barely talk about it, to be honest with you. And I don't talk about it because in political context, there's mm-hmm. this whole appropriation conversation. However, that's the deepest, one of the deepest, most pure resonance of my soul, mm-hmm. of my soul frequency mm-hmm. is there's a remembrance and a call. I have a ritual that I do in my classes or workshops or group programs. It's called Shamanic Soul Song. But The other thing that I want to speak about with that was when I had this transmission with when somebody put a native drum in my hand, like one of those drums that are stitched, that are handmade. And it was 2015 and I had already understood sound healing, but I felt that drum and my whole literally a different, like a crone native woman that I am anchored into my being. And it's just, this is a part of my soul, my purpose, my blessing and then using that on the chakras of someone. And mm. this is the soul song. It's you remember and you call to this I call. And I know there's a whole conversation about God is not outside of us. But mm. the way that I personally connect to the divine is through this other path that I have. So I have this Native American shamanic side and I have this bhakti yoga I was taught by Ram Das. I'm so mm. grateful. Mm. I mean, Curly Baba, that whole lineage of longing and prayer and song. Mm-hmm. They use kirtan and the mantras, which is a whole nother conversation I could go. That'll be like part two and talk <laughs> about mantras. But there's this weaving of the song lines. And so as you're talking about remembering the song, Ramdas talks about mantra, the omkar, that mantra, the chanting, the frequency of it, it exists out there in the cosmos. And as we sing, we pull it, we pull that archetypal energy of the divine into us and when I'm in my personality self, which is the way that human is programmed, human program is forget divine. 
And spiritual path is remember, divine, attune to it, listen to it. Song and love and longing and prayer, that is a way to call it in. And so there's this calling to, may I remember who I am? May I remember that I am you? Mm. Yeah. Mm. How do you do that with your clients, with your vocal empowerment? I mean, you have a beautiful voice. I just got to witness the few notes of it earlier. Yeah. Beautiful voice. Thank you. How do you help people that, I mean, like myself, I didn't grow up singing at all. Okay. And I've been having more and more of a desire to reconnect to that. How do you work with people to bring out that full expression of their voice? That's not exactly. So the thing about that is that this is why I'm kind of reweaving what I do with people in the description because a vocal coach would be about your voice mm-hmm. and the technique. Mm. And I'm like an energy worker who disguises herself as a coach mm-hmm. who is shamanically trained, not by some kind of structural initiation, but by like life and her medicine work and her soul remembrance and her taking psychedelics in South Florida when she was young and all of those things. And my deep understanding, like one of the medicines that I have and teach by transmission throughout just this is like a wiring of my soul is people come before me and there's things in their auric field or their Akashic or whatever you want to call it, that kind of sparkle and speak that are perhaps prohibiting them from that full expression of their voice. Mm. And so it's like the past life where you died as a knight Mm. that you're carrying your arm is always been kinked in a certain way or Mm. it's filled or like it goes into your throat Mm -hmm. or your grandmother who was a Catholic and gave away something that you're still care you're in your ancestral DNA. Mm. And when we comb through that through conversation or through me singing a sound bowl and doing something like an Icarus would be, but it's not that it's the shamanic soul song or an attunement or just toning and weaving energy, then you form a new emotional, spiritual, energetic body and imagine it. I've never thought of this, but I've seen this in ceremony where we all have a geometric shape to our energy field Mm -hmm. and then there's a restructuring of it. Mm. so we're all coming in this one way and then there's a node here or it's cracked here and so then it's reweaving and mm. integrating and the song helps us do that and then if my client particularly which this is not everyone wants to actually use their voice for healing then what i do is i help them number one drop out of the head mm-hmm. and yeah <laughs> <laughs> and listen so there's couple layers to that so there's receiving from spirit so receiving from spirit that's like a muscle in a way and so there's the rewiring of the nervous system the dropping into the heart the ability to open and listen and then connect to either their body or their soul or their song and then let that energy move through the voice so the vocal alchemy or empower that part is a byproduct of the work and i for lack of words, have not been able to articulate exactly mm. what that is yet, but that's my path. Yeah, is how yeah. do I have yeah. more conversations like this where I'm able to serve the medicine in a way normal people can digest? Yes. <laughs> that's why I have yes. you. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm literally going through this process in my business right now. Yeah. It's like always in, always in pursuit of getting in deeper resonance with the people that I want to serve and that are am serving. And it always comes back to what problem am I solving? And, and I'm like, well, that's what they say it comes yeah, back to. Yeah. I don't, I have a feminine, my way of being in business is a deeper, is a listening and a receiving and a being, mm-hmm. a being. Yeah. And so we can, with marketing, we have to, I guess, talk about what identify the problem and the archetype and things like that. But I think also if you're embodying a fruit, certain tone, mm-hmm. then you're magnetizing another right. tone. Right. Yeah. And it's like we're all antennas. So totally. are they tuned to the frequency to even pick up what you're saying? Yeah. And it sounds like people you work with are, they're resonating with what For you're sure. saying. And, yeah. And I mean, I find that it's not a linear thing at all, but the more developed in someone is in their consciousness, it seems like they have 
like a bigger satellite antenna and they're able to pick up more frequencies or just more, I don't know, bandwidth is the right word. Or deeper. Yeah, or deeper. Yes. And they kind of like hear through some of the noise to exactly what they're looking for. Whereas like the further down you go, it has to be more laser surgical knife. It's this right here. Mm. But I think the more nuanced messages can work through at people that can understand them. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think also there's different people who carry different things. Mm-hmm. We know Preston, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Preston has a very wide net in mm-hmm. a way. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's not me. Yeah. I am mm-hmm. deep and true and specific yeah. in a niche way vibration match mm-hmm. for me. Cause I even see it now as people are starting to pay more attention. I am there, I don't even do it on purpose, mm. but I can see with who comes in. And when I start working to them, I just started the other day because somebody that I wouldn't have thought, but then I got into her field and mm. what I was doing in her field, I was like, oh, homegirl is like hooked up to something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So I was like, this is exactly, and I, it wasn't something she like came into the class. I did the witch wound retreat. She came in last minute. Mm-hmm. And it was a friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Da, da, da. And then she was signed on with me for one on one work. And I like, okay, great, great. Unassuming, normal looking. You yeah, know, the whole yeah, thing, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then I like got in her field and I was like, oh, quantum as fuck. Like yeah. this person is super amazingly tapped in the visions that I was getting while we were doing the work. Mm. I was amazed. I was like, that was a beautiful experience. Yeah. So it's like, I, my, what I've signed up for, I'm so grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you say for people that are, Let's call it like starting to get the messages, but not yet really receiving them or call it acting on them. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah what do you yeah, say yeah. for those people? That's a whole phase. Yeah. That's a whole phase. I hear it, but I'm going to ignore it. I hear mm-hmm. it, but I'm going to override it. That yeah. was a big fit. God, you bring me back to when I lived in Orlando. <laughs> I remember writing about that stuff in my journal. The reason I'm asking is I get a lot of people that reach out to me yeah. in that phase. <gasps> they like slide into my DMs and ask me these questions and. I was like, is this real? Oh my God, is it real for you? Like, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every person is different, but I, I was going to yeah. say a snarky answer before. Like, the other <laughs> thing is like, start acting on it, you know? Yeah, but yeah. Let me listen for truth, right? So that, so I have a habit that I've developed in my spiritual path is mm-hmm. checking in mm-hmm. and like listening and checking into my heart and my being because I, our personalities are based on our trauma, our parents, our conditioning, our relationships, our society, what we are, versions that our attractions, our karma, our ancestral lineage, our past life. So many things that we have in the mental, emotional body, they call it in the koshas, that are aversions and attractions and all of that is reactive. Mm-hmm. And then there's tuning to the soul and the wisdom and what's truly here and what wants to be spoken. And I didn't always, I still sometimes, depending on if I'm overtired, I haven't been sleeping, my diet's off, something's off, I'm just being neurotic. If there's a change in the energies, so sometimes we go three times a year, I would say there's this weird energetic shift where everything kind of goes crazy for a moment. And Mm -hmm. you're just like, sometimes I feel completely out of body, then I'm neurotic and crazy. But anyway, the point is, is that you're a temple. And so word that I use in my work a lot is attunement. And so there's just like we were talking about a bridge between one dimension of the world, which is modern society and the other, which is your inner life and your connection to spirit. There's a communicative relationship also with your heart and yourself and your soul that gets to be built that bridge, that gateway, that doorway. And what happens with my clients is over time, they start to trust that connection to themselves, their inner self, without challenging it through the conditioning and the over-talking or the overthinking or the habits. And what happens with my clients a lot of the time is noticing the nodes of those habits and where that compulsion will take them out of their center. And that'll happen in a session. So I will give a transmission and drop someone in. And we'll go through a conversation and I will point out when they eject or mm-hmm. when the thing da, 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 or yeah. oh boy, I, I have mm-hmm. to do it this way because I can see energy. So for me, it's I'm reading them and I'm seeing them and I'm saying, OK, your little girl or your father's voice or your da, 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 is the part of you that's speaking right now mm-hmm. and kind of overriding. And then they're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. 
And then so it's a reattuning to that center place. And then it's just anything, discipline and consistency and practice and embodiment and the courage to stay there because sometimes there's grief. Sometimes there's fear of, oh, wait, that means I am crazy and therefore my life is going to take me outside of the box and therefore Mm -hmm. I'm on my own and I'm not in the collective and that whole thing has risk to it. Yeah. Yeah, the fundamental fear of being rejected by the community and the tribe and survival, surviving, survival yeah. fear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great out here. Yeah, there's there's, <laughs> Come a, there's over. great tribe here too. <laughs> it's great, even if, even when they look normal, they're not. Yeah, but it's so true though. It takes time to receive and to listen for timing and the right people because I've seen you out before mm-hmm. and you wouldn't know sometimes some people are like you know mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah. psh, passing but then you have to go and then you're like oh so just it all happens in the right moment yeah for sure yeah I feel that and I usually feel it in people long before I hear it in people in their voices or in oh, their really? actions yeah I feel it in people oh fascinating yeah one of my mentors he's calls me the mystic that walks in between both worlds because it's like I can weave and navigate in that world and weave and navigate in that world. That's well. very fortunate. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I said the same thing about Preston because mm. Preston has the ability to really be in this yeah, world of that. like normal life mm-hmm. and commerce and all these things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, how do you do that? Because I can hear. For me, it's a lot of hearing. I can hear and receive and see. Mm-hmm. The part that's attuned to mm-hmm. where I'm attuned. I'm like, you're from where I'm from. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine that most people listening to this show, at least from the feedback that I get, are tracking much of what you're saying. But for those that m- maybe aren't, when we're talking about these two different worlds, can you describe that in your own words, what that means for you? Mm. I use the word the matrix a lot because that's Mm -hmm. that movie that we talked about. So the matrix Mm -hmm. is like a cultural narrative that unfortunately, you know what I'd rather talk about it about? I'd rather do one of my pet peeves where I talk about the Instagram version of life and spirituality. I love that. Which is like Instagram version of being a goddess Mm-hmm. means that being a goddess is all glamorous and we wear dresses and we look amazing doing our sound healing and we're expensive and we go to different places and none of it is like you lose all your money and <laughs> you have a dark night of the soul <laughs> and the person that you love most betrays you yeah. and you <laughs> no. and what else can I say about that and you feel completely alone and isolated and lost and then you have to pick yourself up up from the bones of the earth and your power comes back to you piece by piece and you find out that you are a transmitter of something that is ancient and powerful and wise and does not have a narrative in this culture and in fact you are separate from society not because of what you've been trained to be which is you've been trained to see yourself as small but because you are magnificent and In our matrix reality, the white male archetype or the thin blonde or a woman is only allowed to be X, Y, Z. You can be sexual, but you can only be this much sexual. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're a threat to masculine or feminine Mm -hmm. or how dare you wear that or, oh, God, we can talk about all of these things with culture and the things about rape and the military. And there's so many terrible things excuses for certain ways of behavior in our society that are ripped away from the sacred, divine feminine, divine masculine, protector, the parts of that relationship between the masculine and feminine where everyone is in service to the other. And there is a flourishing could be a word. There's a orgasm could be a word of harmony and beauty and life force and Shiva Shakti and like Mm. divine relationship. It's holy communion with life. And if we can get back to that and that understanding that darker emotions and initiation and fucking humility Mm. and being of service is actually far greater in integrity and than money and followers and being seen as some kind of a title 
of a person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I am choosing and I meet with my mentors to have them <laughs> keep me in that alignment to become that, to mm. embody that mm-hmm. here. And the priestess work is not all glamour. Mm. It's guttural and it's gorgeous. Yeah. At the same time. Mm-hmm. And what comes to me is that for all of civilization, I guess, that story's been told because if people really knew their divine power, like if they really knew who they are and what they're capable of and creating, they wouldn't have a need for the majority of the guardrails that we have in our society right now. Mm. We just wouldn't. I think we'd live a much more harmonious life, like you described. Yeah. And not harmonious out of fear of punishment, which is the foundation of our society. But right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be just because that's the way things are. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like shame based, guilt based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wrong. You you come in like the sin yeah. thing. Yeah. You come in wrong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You gotta all religion, all education, all criminal justice. Like it's all punishment based. Oh Everything. All parenting even. Oh wow! Yeah, it's all punishment based. I'm saying just general, in general, oh, not as I individuals. Never thought that. Yeah, That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. terrible. It's like what, with me in business. It's like there's the marketing that's like, you have this wrong with you, therefore you need X, Y, Z. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. think that's a good way to do anything. Yeah, I think it's old way of like as we evolve as collectively. I think things like that and the way that business is done now is getting pushed out. I mean, not pushed out, but dying off. They will die off eventually. For sure. There's no longevity if you're not there. You're, well, I don't know though, because this is the matrix narrative in the culture. I mean, they're the millionaire going to space and they're rock, like they're eating, you know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. literally the matrix is little things that used to yeah. eat <laughs> the yeah. little like weird animals. <laughs> yeah. Know, and that definitely, on that. definitely yeah. goes into what you believe long term. Yeah. To what stage we're at is a, society civilization culture and what you believe is next yeah it might get worse before it gets better but it doesn't matter because the side that i want to be on is going to cultivate this and i think we're doing an okay job Mm -hmm. i feel very privileged to Mm -hmm. be where i am like in location and tribe and community and all and the work that i do jesus Mm -hmm. i mean so even though we can say crap about instagram i mean i'm so grateful that i have the internet and way to talk to people blast this out to thousands totally. of people We're all so across lucky. the world i know i know so there's gibson on all and i guess just attuning ourselves to that is really important yeah i think about that often especially when i'm on taking psychedelics and i'm thinking about what were the people in the 60s or even in the 1800s that mm. was doing this and experimenting they were on an island yeah sometimes we think we're on an island like they were on an island like how hard those way showers mm-hmm. and really continuing to walk the path walk the path and just like be berated by people and maybe people will look back on our generation and say the same thing mm. but i think about all the time when sometimes i struggle to get the right words to what i'm trying to express and i'm like it's all perfect and the right person will hear it and Oh, yeah. yeah, that's all we can do. I mean, yeah. otherwise we're crazy yeah. in our heads. Yeah, 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 for It's sure. true, though. I mean, people message me. I mean, it seems silly because it's like a business marketing thing, but people message, well, it's, maybe it's not like I had a dream about and you were in it and so mm-hmm. I'm supposed to join this thing. That's yeah. a really great thing, yeah. Spirit. That's yeah. a good way of bringing people into your realm. They yeah. don't have to worry about what you're saying or doing. It's the right people mm-hmm. will come. And I think having faith and trusting that for those who are listening, who are like, I'm never going to get there. Right. Kind of a thing. I I remember I was that too. Five years ago, I was like, this journey is long and I feel the same as who I was 10 years ago, but it's totally different at the same time, but totally my core, my seat is the same, Mm -hmm. but there's so much more Mm -hmm. that's I'm able to hold. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So what's exciting in your world right now? What are you going to Fort Lauderdale tomorrow yeah, with my cat? Fun. Wishes luck. <laughs> yes. Cat's first plane ride. Cat's first plane ride, 17 years later. Nice. Yeah. So that is really the ocean. Mm-hmm. 
and the sunrise mm-hmm. and listening mm. and digesting these last four months I've moved to Austin and this whole year. I think it's going to be a time of gestation for the last cycle that just completed. And I have a whole way that I look at the waves of ascension and I see them as four year periods. So mm-hmm. I see 2012 to 2016 as a cycle, 2016 to 2020 as a mm. cycle. And some of them are transition years, like 21 feels like a transition year. But right now from the fall equinox in September into another four year cycle. So I feel like right now is this attunement, this new beginning that's really carrying us in and Mm. the seeds this week, I've had four speaking engagements now, including this. Wow! And so I feel like these seeds that I'm sowing are going to take me into next year, the March and the spring equinox. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's a time of gestation and I'm bringing my microphone and my iPad and I'm just going to be like listening. I'm hanging out with one of my soulmate friends who has stage four cancer. Mm. And I know that that's going to be many emotions Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're hanging out on the eclipse and the full moon. And so I said, I just want to be with you and I want to be with God and I want to be with the ocean. And Mm. so, yeah, that's what's happening right now in my life. It's going to be an inward space for three weeks and home. Oh my God, my mom and family and programming and Uh dialogue and being an adult with her Mm. and hopefully contributing in some way, in that way, emotionally, energetically, and to bring health into Mm -hmm. the places that Mm -hmm. need it in those dynamics. We had a little stint and the other day on the phone, I said, oh, that's right. This is the dialogue that we do that plays out in our lives. But I see her as a soul and I Mm -hmm. see myself as a soul and we just have these roles and dance. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody, it's just like, okay, this is how we do that. So how do I navigate that? Mm -hmm. And using all the things that I've learned in my own Mm -hmm. coaching journey, being coached, right? So my inner work that I've learned Mm -hmm. and like, so now I get to walk in that and having fun with her, walking on Masolis, going Mm -hmm. to restaurants, being a woman with my mother, who's a beautiful, fucking elegant woman. So yeah, all of that. Mm -hmm. Being a human. Being a human. human. It's great. Being a human is great. (laughs) Such a playground. Yeah, I feel like that. And going home, I think is going to be really nice because it's been a minute since I've been in Florida, since Mm -hmm. the whole pandemic. And Mm -hmm. I've changed a shit ton. I've changed so much just in my maturity. Mm. Yeah, so it'll be good. And then when I come back to Austin in December, I know it's going to be like a catapult. Yeah. I just, I just have a feeling. Knock on wood, who knows what will yeah. happen. Universe mm-hmm. does whatever it wants, but. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I find it so, uh, talking to, I was talking to my friend the other day about plans for May and June next year. And I'm like, oh, feels like four lifetimes from now. I'm yeah. Like, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I had an opposite feeling because I have me and Alex Gray and his wife, Allison, we have a pending date in the cosmos because they asked me to teach at Cosm in 2015. Mm-hmm. I was like so nervous because they're my cosmic grandparents. So like I didn't want, I was like, I don't know what to do. And then I keep getting like the little pig that says, write Allison a letter now because I have, mm-hmm. I do this chakra meditation. Mm-hmm. So I have something that I could hold the space. Mm-hmm. And before I was like, oh, I don't know if I can hold the space. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm so scared. Um, <laughs> but I could, but another girlfriend, her name is online way of devotion and she works with David data and she does that mm-hmm. work and she wants me to be teach at her retreat next, mm. which is in New York at a Buddhist retreat center. So they're both Cosm and this place are next to each other. And that's next July. And today I was on my walk in the morning and I was like, Oh, I could call Allison mm. and tell her I'll be in New York in six months. And then I was like, Oh my God, that used to be terrifying to me mm. to be like, I'm going to be here in six months. Yeah. The Sagittarius energy in me was, like, I will not commit to anything. That's me too. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but then I thought of myself as, oh, yeah. I'm really becoming, I'm mm-hmm. maturing, I'm becoming, I'm planning right. in advance. Planning, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a calendar. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Love it. Well, it's been great. Yay. Thank you for this time. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And where can people find you if they want to learn more about your work and what you're doing and following along? Yeah. Michelle Infinity Online is my screen name, my name. <laughs> Remember screen names? <laughs> AIM? Yeah. yeah. That was Window Indigo. Ah. Uh, what was yours? Oh. <laughs> I cannot remember. Oh, I love that. 
Oh, uh, I remember it had the number 08 in it. That was I was my just soccer gonna number. ask you uh, if it was something like something, 08, something 83. Yeah. Something like that. It was 08. It was my soccer number. Um, what was it? Well, you'll think about that. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me. Okay, so serious, serious. So Michelle Infinity <laughs> is where you can find me. YouTube, Instagram, where else am I? That's pretty much it. My website is my name, michellecoutinho.com. And I think that's all pretty much. Oh, no, I have Insight Timer Meditations Weekly. Oh, Those are dope. Beautiful. And I have beautiful meditations that you can listen to. And I hope to do more courses and such when I have time on yes. there. And you can look up either Michelle Infinity or Michelle Coutinho. But yeah, I do weekly meditations and Instagram is where I live mostly. That's my everyday <laughs> engagement thing. So yeah, I do that. Beautiful. Hold it all lightly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you so much. This for was a lovely conversation. Yeah. The nature of this podcast is full honesty, transparency, and vulnerability. And so I ask every guest, what does vulnerability mean to Michelle? Mm. I just I got this image of like being naked in the world, <laughs> but spiritually in a way, it's that same essence. So my highest desire for my life, my highest gift, my highest truth is that so my musicianship is like an edge to me. So I come in as an energy healer and I use music. Yeah. And so I desire and I've desired to be in a world band or do something like that. But when I see that, the vision that I have for myself is that there's this attunement with the divine. I'm singing and I'm being seen in this offering as art, as this vessel, as this vulnerable whatever archetype you want, a goddess, wise woman, whatever it is, but just like this being naked in the world, open, expressing our soul, offering your soul to the earth. That's all I wish. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, my honor. Thank you. That's been great. I appreciate you. Aho. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Fully Expressed Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed this vulnerable conversation with our guest. And if you enjoy this show, please leave us a review, share it with a friend, and let me know if this has impacted your life in any way. You can message me directly on Instagram at Chris Marhefka. And also, if you want to support this show, the show is fully funded by my company, Training Camp for the Soul. Go over and check out trainingcampforthesoul.com where you can find out about our online programs, in-person retreats, and lots of free offerings where we're helping people to transform their lives radically and permanently. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you so much for making this dream a reality.